place it comfortably. We have few this evening. The television or the internet is more interesting tonight. Um, this is just a brief talk. Um, it's perhaps um, a topic I might enlarge on, on maybe in session or some future Tuesday night talks. Um, but with the history of Zen Buddhism, which was um, Buddhism was brought to China, and then it integrated with um, Taoism, and so Zen Buddhism or Zen is really the the marriage of Buddhism and Taoism, and we mostly talk about Buddhism, um, but um, after having read a book that. Um, Althea recommended to me, which is um, a Taoist version of Winnie the Pooh. It's a, a great book to read. Really, one of the best Dharma books I've read in ages. Um, it reminded me and refreshed my, my interest in the Taoist aspect of Zen. And Taoism is um, very free-flowing, um, uh, embraces a love of life, and it's not intellectual or obsessional about concepts and so on whatsoever. Um, and there is a, a, a very um, famous uh, Chinese painting that says something about Taoism, or that the artist is trying to depict about Taoism. But it's called the Vinegar Tasters. And there's a bowl of vinegar, and there is Confucius, and there is the Buddha, and there was Lao Tzu, who was considered the founder of Taoism, all around the, um, the vinegar bowl. And Confucius has put his finger in it and he's tasting it. And he's got a, a sour look on his face. You know, so life is this kind of negative experience we have to transcend in some way. And the Buddha's also got this bitter taste too, as he's, as he's tasting it, in the sense that life is suffering and we... You know, suffering is caused through our attachments and so on. And Lao Tzu is tasting the vinegar and he's smiling. Uh -huh. Life is sweet. Uh -huh. Life is sweet. Even, even, even in, a, in its negative, negativity, in a sense, life is sweet. Um, and one of the characteristics of um, Taoism is it speaks a lot about polarity which is what I want to address tonight more. Polarity um, in, in, in its, um, let's say, in its, in its deluded sense, is that the things of the world are set up um, in opposition to one another. So that life is seen as op in opposition to death, um, in particular. Or self is seen in opposition to other, you know, or society, the individual and society. And there is a there is a saying in Taoism that thirty percent of the population love life and hate death. Another thirty percent um, loathe life, but love death in the sense of oblivion. And there's another thirty percent who hate life and death. There's only a very small proportion left who don't see it in that kind of way. So people cling to these opposites or one side to an opposite because they see life as some kind of struggle 
and conflict. And all of these opposites are set up as in opposition to one another. And what the inside of Taoism is, and the inside of Zen, or, or part of that inside, is to realise that opposites need one another to exist, and they complement one another. And just as life complements day, death complements life. You can't have one without the other. It's not about escaping from one to the other, just like we couldn't escape from day into night, nor would we want to. They just exist side by side. And if you apply that to other opposites you know, that we often struggle with in our life, for instance, in relationships, people struggle, they, they create an opposition out of um, autonomy or individuality in a relationship and togetherness. You know, and those two things struggle against one another. You see people in couples, in couple therapy, struggling with that polarity or that duality. And when we see it in a functional kind of way, without the delusion, we see that autonomy and togetherness just exist side by side, just like night and day exist side by side. Or people have a struggle. Another one is around stability and change. You know, craving stability and hating change, or craving change and hating stability, because it's seen as boring. But common sense tells us again that these two things go together. They're not actually in opposition to one another. And surprising as it may seem, that kind of polarised way of looking at the world or dualistic thinking as it's described in Buddhism or in psychological terms, black and white thinking or black and white attitudes pervades people's thinking, the way they view the world um, much more deeply and much more subtly than we actually realise and we, we, it does with ourselves too. And so what happens with Zen practice over over days and weeks and months of doing it, is something breaks down. I mean, in the good sense of the word, something dissolves or breaks down in our mind where we no longer view the world as um, in opposition, with opposites in opposition to one another. And in particular, what goes to the core of it is not um, seeing the world divided up into them and us, or, or me and you, mm -hmm. that barrier just dissolves the more that we do Zen practice, just dissolves, because it was a kind of a false, a false way of looking at the world in the first place. Mm -hmm. And we, when we examine it even further, you know, when, we, when, we, when people get caught up in um, ideas of, say, being superior, you know, they see themselves as being of a higher status than other people and they get puffed up by it. But when you really examine it closely, people who think they're superior need people who are inferior to feel superior, right? So instead of looking down on people, they should be grateful that they're there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They're there to make them feel superior. Even, do you know, even political things like, you know, in the Cold War with... Um, communism and, and capitalism, people are fighting one another, do you know, building nuclear arsenals, do you know, to blow each other to bits. And again, at the same core, they both needed each other to exist. 
communism needs capitalism to have it as, a, as, an, as an opposite and the, and the other way around. But people don't see it that way. When people are, are enemies, are in, in opposition, um, they, they don't see that they need their enemy to have an identity. They're just threatened. Mm-hmm. And it's quite what causes wars. Um, it's what causes interpersonal conflict. It's what causes breakdown between friends and marriages and so on. And so to be able to really see to develop this insight into the way the nature of things, how they really are, um, is at the very core of insight, which is cultivated through Zen practice. How do you do it? Well, you, you just do what we've been doing tonight. You don't entertain ideas. You just stay present to everyday experience. And, and if you do that for long enough, you don't live your life through the concepts of opposition. Everything just kind of falls into place. And it falls into place inside of ourselves too. You know, we can make divisions within ourselves as the, the ideal Jeff, you know, and, and the Jeff that doesn't live up to the ideal, whatever it might be, the good person and the bad person. All of that breaks down. And when all of that breaks down, we experience ourselves and we experience um, life in a much more kind of holistic kind of way. Mm-hmm.